Hey, everybody. Welcome to Wit and Wisdom, where we bring you unique insights into American culture and current events. I'm Tom Green, and I'll be your guide. Today, we're going to be chatting about your least favorite subject, elections. Why? Because this time of year, politicians warn us that this election could be the end of democracy. Are they right? Stay tuned for the next 10 minutes, and let's see if we can sort this out together. Look, I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know, but turn on any cable news network or open any American newspaper and the message is the same. The upcoming election, and your vote in particular, is the single most important vote you'll ever cast. The balance of power of the entire United States hangs in the wind. Our democracy is at risk. Again, after 246 years, the freedom of the United States will all come down to how you vote in November. If you do the wrong thing, it's all over. This kind of messaging is disturbing, except for the fact that it's all horseshit. Let me explain. Unless you're 18 years old and trying to find a voting booth for the first time, you know how this works. One party keeps control for a few years, and then politicians do what all politicians do. They overplay their hand. They think they have a mandate. They believe that they're anointed. And the wackiest ideas among them start to come to the surface. What happens? The voters revolt, and they vote for the other guys. The other team reads the tea leaves and looks rational to the voters. Then the other team takes over. It's worked this way for almost 250 years. And the calm transition, with one exception, is the hallmark of our democracy. The flip-flop of power keeps the knuckleheads in check. I think of it like a pendulum. Sometimes it swings one way, and sometimes it swings the other. But oftentimes, more than not, it swings back towards the middle. It's all about gravity, a natural homeostasis. But unfortunately, it's that time of year. The time of year when the ass clowns in Washington take over your TV set. The time of year when they take over your phone, sending you relentless robocalls day and night. It's rude and it's relentless. And the messaging is the same. Lives hang in the balance. Many of these messages seek to sow discord, to undermine our trust in our democracy. Why? Because institutional distrust is the most popular theme in politics today. To be sure, some of this institutional distrust is earned, especially in the United States. We've all seen the scandals in the Catholic Church and the Southern Baptist Convention. We watch the Hollywood elite or aristocracy try to buy their children's way into elite colleges. And we've seen lots of corporations put profit over principles. And I don't know about you, but that kind of malfeasance earns my distrust. But the ass clowns in Washington have also earned our distrust. According to the Pew Research Study, two-thirds of Americans now have little or no confidence in our federal government. That's not our fault. More importantly, this institutional distrust is leaking into our interpersonal relationships, how we get along with one another. In the same survey, two-thirds of Americans no longer trust each other. That's just a shame. This constant sowing of fear and discord is fostering a burgeoning impression that our institutions are flawed. It's also a common theme. A Yahoo News YouGov poll released in June found that almost half the country 
think it's likely that the U.S. will cease to be a democracy in the future. And 46% think there'll be another civil war in this country. How crazy is that? And since I like to pick on both parties, let's take a look at both of them. On the left, many suggest that the recent elections and some of the court decisions out of the Supreme Court prove that our Electoral College and our Supreme Court need to be abolished. That's nuts. On the right, recent investigations prove that the Department of Justice and the FBI are fatally flawed and need to be abolished. Can you imagine abolishing the FBI? That's also nuts. Yes, the narcissism and the arrogance is so rampant that after 246 years, people really think they're the ones to call for the abandonment of some of our core institutions. And these are the same core institutions that made this country the shining city on a hill. And many claim that our core institutions are irredeemably flawed. I disagree. It's really more accurate to say that there are flaws in our core institutions. Because as I've said before, these institutions are run by humans. And humans can be terribly flawed, especially in politics in Washington, D.C., where the key ingredient is a massive ego and a thirst for power like no other place. The institutions are not the problem. The people who run the institutions are the problem. The very people who bombard you with the messages that only their team can save democracy. Doesn't that seem a little self-serving? See, the one thing we all overlook is that democracies require a little bit of faith. And we are terribly short on faith today. We're also short on gratitude. Gratitude for the founders, that created these great institutions over 250 years ago. But with all this noise going on, sometimes we simply forget that those core institutions are the best way to transfer goodness to our future generations. You know, our kids and our grandkids. Pastor Andy Stanley recently preached that there's a lot of power to be preserved by keeping us divided as a country because there's a lot of money and suspicion and in fear and in greed and division. Why? Because fear is profitable. I mean, think about it. If you scare me bad enough and then tell me you're the one that can solve my problems, I'm going to vote for you. Because as James Clear wrote, fear is the gas pedal, not the brake. And fear moves opinion to conviction, and conviction moves people to action. For example, take a group called the Tire Extinguishers in New York. They're moving from opinion to conviction and from conviction to action. This group is actually targeting large SUVs in New York City by actually slashing their tires. They leave a really nice postcard on your windshield that says, Please don't take this personally. We did this because driving around urban areas in your massive vehicle has huge consequences for the planet. Well, so does filling up our landfills with a bunch of slashed tires. See, we've created such fear and division in this country that people are literally slashing each other's tires to save the planet. Today, 45% of people aged 16 to 25 are so darn terrified of climate change that it affects their daily life and functioning. That's nuts. And 50% of youngsters believe that humanity is doomed to extinction. If the country's core institutions are flawed, if we're all gonna boil or drown in some horrendous flood, why are people marching in the streets? Well, we saw that on January 6th. We also saw it during the George Floyd protest in the summer of 21. 
both constituencies got their knuckleheads out on the street. And they protested. See, conviction can often lead to zealots believing that the end justifies the means. It doesn't. Fortunately, neither constituency has been able to re-energize their nuts and get them back on the street. But why? The simple truth is that people are pretty doggone happy in this country. According to the Global Emotion Survey, 85% of Americans are satisfied with their life. You might find that surprising if you spend any time on Twitter. But see, despite our politicians sowing fear and distrust at every turn, we've all learned to separate our feelings from fear and distrust in government from our overall happiness. The good folks at Gallup have been asking people what makes them happy for over 40 years, and they've determined that American happiness is much more determined by how people feel right now, not about what's going on in politics. See, 65% of American people feel rested on a typical day. 91% of them felt respected all day yesterday. 76% of people smiled or laughed a lot yesterday. 65% of people learned to do something interesting yesterday. And 79% of people did something that created enjoyment yesterday. It is true that only 17% of us are happy with what the ass clowns in Washington are doing on a daily basis. But that dissatisfaction doesn't move people to action. On the contrary, it moves people to just ignore the ass clowns in Washington and their circus. That's why the political consultants teach politicians to teach fear and push fear to get elected. Because fear moves opinion to conviction and conviction to action. If you look at any political polls from any party, they all say basically the same thing. Both parties rank threats to democracy as the most important issue facing the country. The simple truth is this. Your parents and your grandparents and your great-grandparents all worried about threats to democracy. That's the way they lived. They struggled through real threats. Threats like Hitler and Stalin and the crazy hippies in the 60s. Today, the kitchen table issues like health care and social security and taxes no longer move the needle. We're basically immune to those arguments. So to get your attention, it takes fear. Fear that our very democracy is at risk. And unless you vote for me and my team of ass clowns, we're all going to hell in a handbasket. Yes, my friend, you and I are being played by the very people who created the circus. Look, no matter what team gets elected, it doesn't really matter. The other side will jump up and down and claim that the elections were stolen and the process was unfair. That's just where we are as a country. Or they'll blame the voters for being too stupid to understand the issues. Ignore them. Elections and the orderly transition of power is actually a sign that our democracy is strong. If you want to take good care of yourself, turn off the TV. Focus on getting enough rest. Giving and getting respect. Smiling and learning something new every day. These are the things that have proven to make you happy, not which team of ass clowns is calling the plays on the field. I assure you, democracy is not at risk. The trains will keep running, and we aren't headed for a civil war. The good news is that this cycle is almost over, and we can go back to a barrage of ads for erectile dysfunction drugs and cheap car insurance real soon. You've been listening to Wit and Wisdom with Tom Green. Thanks so much for tuning in. You could do me a huge favor 
and share this podcast or my articles with a friend or a loved one. You can find all my writing back on my website at tomgreenwithane.com. And of course, you can find me on all the social networks at Tom Green with an E Writer. That's Tom Green Writer. I hope you'll come back in two weeks where we'll be having a conversation about how quality of life became the new most important currency in America. Here's a snippet. The secret of a well-lived life is meaningful relationships. It's family and children and friendships and memories. It's learning and growing and laughing and smiling through life, regardless of the circumstances. Thanks so much for tuning in to Wit and Wisdom with Tom Green. Until next time, remember, nothing beats nice.